episode in, every once in a while we hear questions from people, even in the church lobby, for things that they would love for us to talk about. And yesterday we had one of those moments. Um, you know, you spoke on a sermon in Galatians 6 about what to do when a brother is caught in sin. And so um, today on Life Talks, we're going to we're going to answer a question that someone had about one of Dan's sermons. And I'm Ben, you're Dan, we're two of the teaching pastors here at Life Fellowship here in, in, in uh, Metro Charlotte. And uh, Dan, so so let me let me ask, here's the question that she said. You know, the whole sermon was about how, how we, uh, let me just read Galatians 6. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on, your, on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, she said you did a great job of explaining how the spiritual brother should reach out and help those who are caught in that transgression. But her question was, how do you, if you're the one caught in transgression, what do you do? Yeah. And obviously, I love that question because you and I both know there's a lot of things that we can't get to on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And and so I, I love it that we have this kind of environment to talk about some of those things. I, I wish that uh, you know, we could probably do a debrief of every sermon we've ever taught and say, here's some things I didn't talk about that I want to. So, you know, thinking about that question, what are some things that, you know, just asking that, what's the things that come to your mind when you hear that? Yeah, well, I think, <clears throat> first of all, Galatians 6 doesn't address that, which right. is one of the reasons why we yeah. didn't touch on it. Um, but there are other passages of Scripture that give us some insight mm. into that. I, I want to start with the whole the, the whole basis of the question, which I think I think is very important to, to note. And it's not, what do we do if we get overtaken by a sin? Mm. The question best would be worded is, what do we do when we get <laughs> overtaken by a sin? Because that yeah. is just real. At some point in all of our life, yeah. we are going to need to be confronted mm. about something in our life. Mm. And uh, to me, knowing that and accepting that as a valid truth mm. helps prepare me for the time when the conflict confrontation occurs. Yeah. When we begin thinking to our, uh, of ourselves as unapproachable, unquestionable, hmm. um, you know, there was a, a, a very powerful um, political leader who um, seems to refuse that he could ever make a mistake. And anytime you would suggest that, they get vitriolic and, and, and so forth. And no, I'm not talking about a former president. I'm talking about King David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, like, are you talking about Trump right now? See, <laughs> <laughs> so you cop. You cop. Um, no, but look at what happened with David. David committed these a series of you know horrific sins. He, he he didn't go to war when he was supposed to. He's up on the rooftop when he shouldn't be. Looking at a naked woman yeah, and doesn't yep, turn around. Yep. Then he plots to get her into his bed. Mm. And then he does that. And then he sends his, her husband off to be murdered. Mm. You know all of these different things. And and so finally somebody said somebody's got to confront this guy. Mm. Nathan said I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> Nathan Nathan goes up and sticks his gnarly little finger up in David's face and says Let me tell you a story, son. Mm. <laughs> and he tells him the story about somebody who had. Had, had, a, had taken a sheep of somebody who had mm. a sheep that they basically considered a family pet yeah. and, and and then ate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, David, oh, he's outraged because your sin always bothers me more than my sin. Yeah. 
And 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 then finally Nathan looks at him and he says, David, you're the man. You're the you man. Know, it's, it's wonderful dram- dramatic uh, portrayal. It's, there it's one of those times you really want to say the, the King James, thou art the man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds so so perfect. Um, but but then we see then a realization. You can almost in, imagine it in your mind as as David just kind of goes from from a well I'm gonna uh, uh, mm. oh. yeah 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 he just all of a sudden mm. just collapses under the weight of the realization of his sin yeah. and and from there uh repentance followed but it was a process of yeah. of grief over his sin and yeah. mourning over his sin mm. and then enduring the payment of his sin mm. and and then the scars that were left behind i don't think he ever fully recovered from it even though he came to accept god's grace and yeah. forgiveness in his life he was forever a changed man i think forever a humbled man yes. because of that yeah. and all of these things again what satan means for evil in our life god can use for good uh, i would like to think that David may have been more careful in the future because mm. of his failure. Yeah. Uh, but but whatever whatever you know, we don't know the whole story. We know this that you and I at some point mm. are going to have somebody point out something to us. Mm. You know, you said this. No, you did this. No, mm. have you considered what that did? Or or um, you may not be aware, but we know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you you have to look in the mirror and see. You see the pimple of your sin, yeah. and you got to say, "What am I going to do with it?" Yeah, I think that is the hardest thing when someone is in transgression. There, there's two times later on in, in uh, Galatians chapter six that there's this word that is used. In, in, in verse um, verse three, it says, "For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself." And then later on in verse seven, it says, "Do not be deceived; God is not mocked." Just right there in those two short. You know, within within um, this little section in here in Galatians, Paul is you know, admonishing them to say, "Don't deceive yourself. Self deception is a very very strong thing that can happen to any Christian." The, you know, David is a great example of that. But we're all we we've all I'm sure Dan, you can think of times. I can think of times when I was telling myself something. That was not the truth. I was giving myself a narrative of saying, I'm the right one and they're the wrong one. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't true. I was the one in the wrong. And I think that is something that if you're not humble enough to admit that that you could be deceiving yourself, that's why I think one of the things, the first things in the in the armor of God that, that uh, Paul says to put on is the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure you're not deceiving yourself. You're not trying to deceive, you're not, first of all, you can't deceive God, but you're not trying to deceive other people. But that self-deception is such a powerful, uh, you know, unfortunate reality for so many of us. Can we look at ourselves with honesty? And like you said, we need the the mirror of God's word to show us and look at ourselves and say, yeah, that's me, you know? One of the other things I think our tendency is, and, and we need to be aware of it because it's easier to talk about it now when we're not in a confrontation, but we need to see ahead to what's going to happen when we are. When we get to the point where we cannot deny our sin, what we end to do is tend to do is rationalize our sin. Mm. So mm. The, the, you know, it, it it's kind of like when you when you've caught your your kids red-handed, so to speak, <laughs> you know, and then they, well, 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 I was, or you said, or, and that's what happened with Eve. 
Yeah. Remember Eve? It was like, um, or, I'm sorry, Adam. Adam said, uh, it, the, "The woman, woman you gave you me, woman you yeah, gave me." Yeah. So they start ration. We start rationalizing it, and we'll do the same thing. I was tired. I was depressed. I was angry. I would had a big fight. I was really discouraged about things mm. were work. God seemed so far. I mean, we can just. We oh, can man. just come up with a million of them um, instantaneously almost. Yes. And yes. we have to resist that. Yeah. Because healing and forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration, mm. all of which God wants for us, That's right. cannot occur until we own the weight of our sin without excuse. That's right. And as long as we're throwing excuses for our sin up, mm. then we have not let the weight fully rest on our shoulders. 100%. To me, I wrote down, one of the things, words I wrote down is confession. Mm. And what you just said is the perfect description of This confession. is why in a court of law, judges require an elocution when you plead guilty. Mm. And so in other words, you can't just walk in and say, yeah, I'm guilty. Then the judge will say, we need an elocution. And an elocution is when they give the details to the crime they committed mm. and own them. Yes. That's what confession is. Yes. Confession literally means to, to say the same thing as that. That doesn't just mean, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I did something wrong. Um, confession is... I'm able to look at my sin the way God sees my sin. I am in a full agreement of God's judgment or God's perspective or God's opinion about my sin, about what I have done. Um, it is so much more than just a flippant, yeah, I know I did some some wrong things. It is, like you said, it is a, a full own, owning of the wrong. That's what confession is. It's I'm able to acknowledge the fullness of, of the sins I've committed against God and against others. And until you're able to do that, that being caught in your sin is going to continue on because, again, you're still deceiving yourself. You're thinking, it's not that bad. It's not, yep. you don't know. And you have to be careful of using qualifying language. Um, what, what we'll tend to do, we'll say, well, I'm really sorry that if anybody was offended. <laughs> yeah. or, or we'll say... I'm sorry you felt that way. Yes, yes. Or, or we may say... Uh, I did this, but, and so once we inject the the qualifier in there, because the but says, well, there was a reason behind it, mm. and you need to understand that so you'll feel better about me, and and again for for all of us, if we, the Bible says, mortify therefore your members, which mm. is the King James version for saying, put it to death, yeah. kill it. Yeah, I often use the you know the joke when I'm preaching on those passages is like, uh, when I used to watch my mama kill a snake. When, when she was done, there was no doubt, A, what she intended to do, and B, that snakehead crawled its, its last hole. Um, and we, we sometimes treat sin pretty casually mm. in our own life. And, mm. But Scripture says don't treat it casually. Kill it. Yes. And, and what you're describing, is, I think, is another step in this process, and that's repentance, to turn from it. It's not a – even when you acknowledge in confession, if you're – caught in the sin, the thing you've got to do is truly repent. What that means is I'm I'm going to turn from, I'm turning away from this sin and I'm going in the opposite direction. It doesn't mean I'm going to still hang out around it. You can be very sorry that you've done something wrong and not repent and say, I want this out of my life. And, and I think what you're talking about putting to death these things is this idea of what are the drastic steps you're going to take? You know, you and I have spent a lot of time talking with a lot of young guys about pornography, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. And what I'm what I'm interested in is how serious they are at getting it out of their life. So, it's interesting you said that because I learned this years ago and I use this when I'm when I'm 
coaching guys that are mm-hmm. trying to break pornography. I use uh, somebody told me this years ago, or I don't know where I came up with it, but here's how I know whether I'm serious with sin in my life, and mm-hmm. it goes right to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing the confession, mm-hmm. if I say this, God, I did wrong before you. Please forgive me. Now my next words are really key because my I have a choice. My next two my next words can either be, I will never do this again, mm-hmm. or my next words are, Help me to never do this again. Mm. The difference between me saying, I will never do this again and help me do this ever again is who I'm assigning blame to. Mm. Because if I, in my mind, give the hope and the possibility and the potential to do it again, I will. Yes. Yeah. And then I can blame God because he didn't help me enough. <laughs> yeah, because- But when I, if, if I say, I will never do it again, that's a vow. It's a yeah. vow that's as sacred as the one we make whenever we get married. Mm. And, you know, when I made that vow, I made it with my eyes wide mm. open in mm. front of witnesses mm. and declared it authoritatively. Yes. Why would I do less for God yes. <laughs> than yes. I did for my wife? A hundred percent. So, so even listening to my own heart, my own words when I'm confessing my sin lets me know whether or not I'm serious about 100%. it. A hundred percent. And so, so that idea that you just shared that if you say I will never, what you're going to do is that means you have this conviction and these values to say whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So if I have to go to a flip phone, it has no internet, or you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I'm going back to the illustration. Um, if you're serious about your sin, you know if you're if you struggle with gossip and you hang around the same group of you know that that gossips a lot, and you still hang out with them, and you're like I got to get this out of my life. Well, you've got to make the life changes. Don't be around people that are going to they're going to pull you into the realm of gossiping. That you have to make these choices that are saying if I'm going to be serious about this repentance means I'm turning from turning away and I'm going to change my thinking about it so that no, I'm never going to do I I will do whatever it takes. Not yeah, but I I like I like having my phone and I I, I can't imagine not having the internet. You know, it's like yeah. It, it, Are you really serious or not? Yes. And, and you know, if you ever talk to somebody who's into addiction counseling, they, and they will tell you that you, they, you know you're ready to make progress when you say, I will never drink again. Yeah. I will never smoke again. Yeah. Um, I, I watched my grandmother try to qu- quit cigarettes mm. multiple times. Mm. But what she would do, she would hide a pack in just in case. <laughs> or she would even hide individual cigarettes. Just, about day just three in, or four. Just in case. Yep. So the other night, I'm having a conversation with a group of young guys who are trying to overcome pornography. Mm-hmm. And, and and I love these guys. Mm-hmm. And, and and guys, you, you, you know that I'm not ever going to divulge who it was. Mm-hmm. And this is a battle in 80, 90% of guys. Right. So, but w- one of them simply said, yeah, the way I'm approaching it is I'll go for three days with no porn. And then I'll, and basically saying, then I'll reward myself with one day. And then the next time I want to go for like five days with no porn, Mm. then I'll reward myself. And then, and I'm thinking, dude, (laughs) this is not your path to freedom. (laughs) It's not like nicotine. It's not, no. And, and reality, if you want to quit cigarettes, you throw them all away and you go through, you go through the withdrawals. You want to quit alcohol, you get a friend, (laughs) you know, you're you're trying to quit cocaine. Somebody chains you to the The bed. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know, you've got to get serious with it. Yeah. And, and when someone loves you enough to confront you about it, ask them if they love you enough to stay 
with you while you get victory mm, over it. Yeah. And I think that's an important yeah. aspect as well. Do yeah. not be afraid yeah. to get help and accountability yes. in overcoming and, 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 and just to, let me just say this. It doesn't mean that you, there will not be slip ups or step back. It, right. That's not what we're talking about right. here. Right. That's very natural and normal. But what you have to ask yourself is, you know, is, has, is the slip up, could it have been avoided? Or are you, like you said, are you hiding cigarettes around to make sure that like, yeah, the slip is definitely going to happen because you're not. We plan for our slip ups. You plan for the, there's a difference between planning for the slip ups and, and just slip ups happening. Um, having, having, you know, taking steps back in our spiritual walk doesn't mean that, um, that that's going to happen naturally. None of us can very, I I would say this, very few people can make a decision and say, and and just continue on a hundred percent. I've seen it happen, and I know it can happen, and by God's grace, it does happen many times. But but a lot of times, it's more for most people. Their overcoming sin is a process, yeah. and it is a journey. And so, and if you even if you get victory over that one particular sin, there'll be another sin that pops up and tries to seduce yeah. you anyway. Yeah, because that is the nature of sin and Satan, it, how he works. And and that Dan, to me, when when we talk about turning from this idea of repentance. You've got to turn to Christ. Hmm. I, I have seen guys go from porn addiction to video game addiction yeah. very yeah. easily because it's still it's still engaging their dopamine sensors in their brain. And yeah, it's maybe not as you know destructive, quote unquote, but it still is it's a dangerous. It's still I haven't turned to God. I haven't turned to the ones who can really satisfy my soul. I haven't. I can't say I've tasted and seen how good the Lord is. I, you know, that to me is one of those things where, um, whether it's David writing that in Psalm 34, or uh, there's there's another um, proverb. I think it's Solomon writes in. I think it's in Proverbs chapter two when it says, "When knowledge becomes pleasant to your soul." There's these moments in Scripture where the writers talk about God in His Word and His ways bringing a pleasure to us, a deep abiding pleasure. And until we get to that point, you can turn from something bad and turn to something less bad, but you're not turning towards Christ. And so the constant challenge for all of us is saying, the substitute I'm using, whatever that transgression is that I'm bound to, or that that's overtaking me, there is there's a there's a part of there's there's something about God that can fulfill that longing in me. I've got to name that longing. I've got to identify that longing, where it came from, and and truly believe that God can satisfy that in me. I mm. don't have to turn to a person, a substance, or anything else. And that to me is one of the biggest challenges is turning to God in those in those times. Yeah, and and there there really is no victory apart from that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's the difference between turning toward a blank wall and turning toward a window. Mm, and that's good. And and the reality is that nothing can satisfy us apart from Christ. That's right. To the degree that Christ can satisfy us. Amen. And 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 so those those are really key key things. You know, as as we kind of land this this plane so to speak, uh I, I think those kind of questions are really good, and I'm so glad this lady asked you that, uh, you know, recently. I, I would just simply say this to, to all of us. Don't be afraid to accept the benefits and the privileges of being part of the family of God. Mm. When someone confronts you, mm. assume the best. Oh, that's good. Assume yeah. that they want to help you. Assume yeah. that they're they're watch, watching over your soul. Don't be immediately defensive. Mm. You'll feel like it. You'll feel like saying, "Well, who are you to say?" Or, or, or what about yours? <laughs> you, you, and and you, 
pat that down and take a deep breath and remember how much courage it takes yeah. for someone to walk up to you and say, mm. have you considered this? Yeah. And in doing so, I believe God is glorified because it is the very, it's very essence mm. of the one another's that we see yeah. in scripture. Yeah. Journeying with each other, loving one another, giving to each other. And don't just confront and walk away. Mm. Don't judge people for their journey. Join them in their journey. That's good. Well, you know, I think what you just ended there was this beautiful thought that it's natural for us to be so defensive when, when someone comes to us and to know that instead of seeing this as an attack, see it as an act of love, I think is a wonderful idea to close this uh, episode on. So um, I hope this has been a beneficial conversation for you talking about, you know, you might be that person. Um, you know, one of the great prayers I would encourage you to have is, God, show me where I might be deceiving myself. Reveal the truth to me, because all of us are susceptible to that self-deception. But um, no matter where you are, whether you're the one who God's calling to help a brother in need, or whether you are that brother or sister is in need, uh, know this, that God is working to bring you closer to him and to conform you into his image. And that is a promise we can take to the bank every single day. So thank you again for joining us in this conversation on Life Talks. We'd love for you to share this with your episode with your friends. Again, if you have any questions, any ideas for a podcast, uh, you can always email us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.